أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الذين يغضون أصواتهم عند رسول الله أولئك الذين امتحن الله قلوبهم للتقوى لهم مغفرة وأجر عظيم إن الذين ينادونك من وراء حجرات أكثرهم لا يعقلون ولو أنهم صبروا حتى تخرج إليهم لكان خيرا لهم والله غفور رحيم صدق الله العظيم Continuing with the discussion of the respect and etiquette that has been taught in these ayat the incident that was mentioned one further thing happened was that this plan of Banu Tamim when they had come so these people had not yet learned because they were very new they had just come for the first time also they had not yet learned about the etiquette that is necessary to be observed they were people from the outskirts as well Bedouins so some of them came and when they were informed that Nabi ﷺ is in a particular or one of the rooms of the Azwaj Mutahharat from the outside they began calling out aloud so one was this problem that they started shouting out for Nabi ﷺ and the other was the manner in which they called out Ya Muhammad Ukhruj Ilayna so they addressed Nabi ﷺ by his name and called out in this manner so this was obviously against the etiquette, against respect as well. So Allah Ta'ala regarding this revealed this ayat as well. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُنَادُونَكَ مِنْ وَرَاءِ الْحُجُرَاتِ أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ These people who shout out for you in this manner, they don't have any understanding that this is not the way that they are supposed to be calling out. What they are supposed to have observed is وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ صَبَرُوا حَتَّى تَخْرُجَ إِلَيْهِمْ لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ Had they been patient until you came out to attend to them, then that would have been better for them. It would have been better for them that on the one point that they would have not caused you any taklif, any inconvenience. This would have been keeping with respect and since this would be keeping with respect and saving you from that inconvenience it would have been pleasing to Allah Ta'ala as well so they would have earned the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala so in so many ways it would have been better for them that they would have adopted this etiquette, this respect but Wallahu Ghafoorul Rahim, they are new, they have come for the first time they are still learning so Allah is most forgiving, most merciful but this was the matter that the Sahaba as soon as they were taught something as soon as they were informed that this is the correct procedure, then they adopted it immediately. This was the period of tarbiyat, the period of nurturing, of training that they went through and as a result there were, there were mistakes that were made initially for the first time and something had to be done but once they were taught then they took it up from there and continued doing it correctly. But the lesson nevertheless is for the whole ummad. The lesson is for the ummad that the same etiquette has to be applied obviously with regard to Rasulullah so there can be no comparison 
to the extent of respect that he was due. Nobody else can come anywhere close to that. But the Mufassirin states that the same kind of etiquette has to be adopted with the people of Deen that person should not just intrude just at any time and every time just try to grab their attention to try and ask what they need they should wait and when it's an appropriate time or the time is a portion for that work then by all means they may then inquire or they may go to ask whatever their work is thereafter Allah Ta'ala mentions Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu in ja'akum fasiqum binaba'in fatabayyanu an tusibu qawman bi jahalatin fatusbihu ala ma fa'altum nadimeen Here is a further matter that is now being highlighted a very important aspect there was another incident that took place the tribe of Banu Mustaliq they had come and they had accepted Islam and their leader, Hazrat Harith radiallahu ta'ala an, he had also agreed with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on a date, that on certain dates, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would send his envoy, he would send somebody <coughs> who would come and collect the zakat of the Banu Mustalik tribe. And they had expressed their Islam very, very clearly, they had become Muslim. So in any case, on that appointed date, Nabi had made the arrangements for Walid bin Uqba to go and collect the zakat and bring it along. Walid bin Uqba proceeded as he approached the Banu Mustalik. So they had also been aware, they were waiting in fact that this is the date that the envoy of Rasulullah would come to collect the zakat. This was an occasion for them to express their respect and honor to the person who would come from the side of Rasulullah In order to receive him with respect, they decided that they will wait for him outside the town. They went on the outside of the town to make istiqbal, to receive him, to honor him. As Walid bin Uqba was approaching, from the distance he saw these people, some people standing on the roadside waiting. Now prior to Islam, <coughs> there was some hostility between him and the Panu Mustaliq. There were many of these things, his tribe and their tribe, between him and them. And this enmity and hostility was something that was quite intense at that time between many tribes. Now as he's approaching and he sees these people, and they were all new in Islam, this thought started running through his mind, which was obviously something which was a whisper of shaitan, that the thought started running through his mind, that that old hostility that was carrying on, these people are still new, does it, it is possible that they came out not for any other purpose, they came out to now settle the old scores. Because now there was this old rivalry, in fact, enmity, hostility. So, and in that time, in these hostile relationships, there would often be battles and wars that would be fought sometimes. People would be killed on either side. So it was not just some kind of arguments and some ill feeling. It was far more deeper than that, that was carrying on in the time of Jahiliyyat. 
So now this suddenly started running through his mind that these people are probably waiting to ambush me. They are waiting to now just pounce on me and they're going to finish me off. This suddenly overcame him and he took a U-turn and he returned. He rushed back to Medina Munawwara. And this fear had come into him so deeply that he came and expressed it as a fact. This was a thought that ran through his mind and he came and expressed it to Rasulullah as a fact that these people, they were waiting to kill me. They were waiting to just pounce on me and so it, if this was the case, that they were waiting to kill me, they knew that the person is coming to collect the zakat. So now this was the first thought that came in the mind, that they are waiting to kill me. So if they are waiting to kill me, so then they also have decided that they are not going to give the zakat. Now one thought was that they are waiting to pounce on me to kill me. That became the basis to decide and draw another conclusion. So if they are going to be waiting to kill me, they can't be prepared to give the zakat obviously. So they have decided not to give the zakat as well. And he came and expressed this to Rasulullah that these people were waiting to kill me and they refused to give the zakat. Rasulullah was obviously very surprised at this because when this tribe had come and the leader Hazrat he had been very very genuine and sincere the way in which he conducted himself and the way they spoke, the way they committed themselves, all these things were quite clear and now suddenly this turnaround so this left some doubt that could there be some mistake here but nevertheless at the same time this was an alarming thing that they were actually planning to kill the envoy of Rasulullah in that time also this was something that was always respected that if somebody has come as an ambassador he has come as a delegation, then the delegation, the ambassador would be respected. He would not be harmed. He would not be hurt in any way. And if somebody did go against this, even in all those time of Jahiliyat, in all those wars as well, that was regarded as a very, very serious matter. That was something unforgivable. So this was obviously very alarming. So Rasulullah dispatched Hazrat Khalid bin Walid that you go but before you do anything you first investigate investigate make sure that what news has reached us the matter is exactly like that or is it something else before you do anything you investigate in other words if it's true then obviously if these people have reneged so then you must wage war against them so the Khalid bin Walid comes and he camps away, a little, little distance away and sends two or three people to very secretly go and assess what is going on and come back with the information. These people go and then they come back and they say we have observed these people, they are genuine Muslims, we have observed their, we have heard their azan, we observe their salah, there is no indication, nothing that we could pick up that indicates that they have reneged, that they have turned away. So it seems like there is some other problem here. So any case when this matter now came to Rasulullah in the meantime, they too sent, sent a delegation that the person who was supposed to have come collected the zakat, he didn't come. So now we're waiting what happened. 
for that purpose they sent somebody and now this entire matter was cleared up that we the people of Banu Mustalik when this matter was brought to their attention that this is the news that has come they cleared it up that we had no such intention we had merely come out to receive the person out of respect we came we came out of the ikram and to honor him and he misunderstood this whole thing Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat but this ayat the wording of this ayat this is for the mu'mineen in general for people till qiyamah the address is to them ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu in ja'akum fasiqum binaba'in fatabayyanu that if a fasiq an unreliable person comes with some information then first investigate it this is not relating to Hazrat Walid bin Uqba. He had not been a fasiq. As-sahabatu kulluhum adul. There was nothing that he had done prior to this incident. Any lie that he had spoken, any other act that he had done that would declare him a fasiq. And Allah Ta'ala is saying if a fasiq brings in some piece of information. This Allah is saying to the Muslims at large that look in this instance there was a reliable sahabi a person who is upright but he made a mistake an error of judgment based on some thought some thought came in his mind and he really got overwhelmed with the thought but because Rasulullah there was some little slight doubt in that matter that perhaps there's some mistake here despite the person being very reliable despite the person being an upright person a sincere sahabi but Nabi Wasallam didn't take action on this information he first investigated it so when this is the case that even an upright person came and he was a person of good reputation there was nothing of any any fault in his character as such but because of this little doubt that came in Nabi Wasallam still first investigated so how much more important it would be that when just anyone and everyone comes with information that it not be taken just on face value that a person must first investigate the veracity of it he must first investigate the authenticity of it how correct it is cannot just jump to conclusions just act on any information otherwise the matter can become very very dangerous it can become very serious Allah Ta'ala says فَتَبَيَّنُوا investigate it first and to see bijahala lest you cause harm to some people out of this ignorance out of not knowing what's going on and then fatusbihu alama fa'altum nadimin then you will regret over your actions now you took some action already you already now caused some damage some harm based on the information that you received after you took action after you caused the harm now the matter became clear that this information was not correct but now you already took action like it is said about that some people their manner of approaching an issue is that they shoot first and they ask questions later so now they heard something so they already first shot the person dead now they want to know about what really happened so now after that investigation and after having inquired what really happened they came to know this person was innocent so now they already shot him dead, what they will do about it? So now the damage is done. All the apologies and everything is not going to change the situation. Retracting it, retracting what? 
what have you reflected? One person made some statement, so he he passed on some false information about another person. So the person who was now the victim of this false information, he was very much affected by this and it was something very damaging to him as well. So he came and complained to the Qazi. So the Qazi called up the person who had spread this information and he told him that where's the ask for the proof of this that you have spread this information about your fellow Muslim. So where's the proof? Where's the basis on which you said this? So he said, well, I just heard it from somebody. So I conveyed it. He said, but how can you just do that? You didn't have any proof for it. But this person didn't seem to digest it. He didn't seem to think he did something very serious. And he said, well, okay, well, I'll just recall it now. I'll just retract it. But he didn't still accept that he had done a wrong. Because he said, well, I just heard it somewhere. So somebody else said it, so I passed it on. So the Qazi decided to teach him a lesson and make him understand that this is not a plain thing, it's not a small matter, it's a very serious thing. So he wrote some, asked him to write something and after he wrote it, so he told him right now you, what you do is, you tear this up into pieces, tear it up into pieces and as you're going along now, here, there and everywhere go and drop a few pieces. Now this piece of paper which you had written something down now, it's already torn into pieces. You can drop a few pieces here, a few pieces there, a few pieces there, all your way home. And then you come back tomorrow. So yeah, he did as he was told, as he was going along, he dropped some pieces here and there. And then the next day he came back. And on the next day when he came, the Qazi said, now you go and bring all those pieces back. All those little bits of paper that you dropped here, there and everywhere. You collect it all and bring it back. So he said, where am I going to go find it now? Where am I going to go bring it back from? Something must have been blown in the wind away, something got washed away, something, where it's going to be, where I'm going to go find it? He says, well, that's exactly the situation. This information you spread, you saying you will just retract it. Where are you going to retract? What are you going to retract? You'll retract, 10 people uh, heard the retraction, but 200 people had received the false information. And somebody who received that false information, then he went and further spread it. And that was in those ages gone by. Nowadays at the press of a button, person thinks that he is now absolved of it because he just adds one line, line at the bottom somewhere. That sent as received. So that sent as received doesn't absolve anybody of the obligation of checking before he sends something out. Because he will be equally responsible if that matter is a lie. If that matter is harming somebody's reputation, if that matter is going to be causing some damage to someone, he too will be responsible. The Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, This is sufficient to declare a person a liar. That this will be enough to make him become a liar as well. What? He is not saying anything from his side. Whatever fell in his ears, he's talking about it. Now, whatever fell in his ears, he's not making any discernment of what is correct, what is false. He's just repeating it. So now there's going to be some lies that are going to come into his ears as well. Somebody is going to speak some lie. And he is going to relate that. Because he's just relating everything he hears. 
So now something he hears is correct, and something down the line is going to hear is going to be a falsity, is going to be a lie. And when he's going to relate it, he too is going to be a liar. The one liar is the person who manufactured this, the person who fabricated it, who spoke the lie originally, and the other liar is the person who related it. Both are liars. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Islam says that Man uh, This is regarding Hadith Sharif. In another riwayat actually, Man haddasa anni bi hadithin yura annahu kathibun fahuwa ahadul kathibayn. That the person who relates some hadith, which he has some doubt in it, that this is perhaps not correct. But now despite this doubt, yura annahu kathibun, he has some doubt in the matter, he still went and related it without first checking. Now one is he, took it from some place which he deemed was authentic, here yeah, he is himself in doubt also. And now he is in doubt and he related it and it turned out that this was definitely wrong. This was something that was unauthentic. Nabi Salaam says, kazibain. He is one of the two liars. He is one of the two liars. The first liar is the one who fabricated this. And he became the second liar who related it. He was not even sure about it. He was doubtful about it and he went ahead and related it. So this made him a liar as well. So this information that just comes around and nowadays there's a flood of this. Every other day there's something like this that people just spread anything and it turns out that there was some mischief in this and what not carries on. Then the other very important lesson here, this again as mentioned over and over again, Allah Ta'ala has, Allah Ta'ala made these things happen for the Ummah to learn the lesson. Because this is, on these occasions, on these incidents, the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif were revealed as lessons and as instruction to the Ummah. So as far as the Sahabi was concerned, this was a mistake, it was a wrong thing, it was a mistake, it was an error that he jumped to this conclusion because of what ran through his mind. He saw the people standing out and suddenly this old stories came to his mind and he assumed that they are there to kill him and this became like a fact in his mind. But now that is the lesson that the Quran Sharif is teaching us. This was a mistake he made, but the Sahaba, Allah Ta'ala caused these things to happen so that their mistakes will become our knowledge, a means of knowledge for us. So the mistake that, the, the, the lesson that is being taught to us is that we have to be very, very cautious about these kind of things. Sometimes we see something which appears to, to us to be some. We see something, it appears to be a certain negative, something of a very negative nature. Now, we didn't have any concrete evidence and proof for what we are thinking, but it seemed so genuine. In our mind, in our mind it seemed so genuine. that This is what the person is up to. This is what his intention is. He said this because of this, or this old story, or whatever the case is. But then we build that up like a fact in our minds. There is no basis that we have, we don't have any evidence. But we make it like a fact, like a verified information, like fact. Now, here the mistake was this, there was one thought that was made into a fact. It was a zan, it was a supposition. 
but that got converted in the mind as a fact. Then on that fact now, that so-called fact, which was not, not a fact, now on that, something else was built upon it. That these people are out there to kill me, this became like a fact. If they were out to kill me, so they have refused to give the zakat. Now that's exactly what carries on in day-to-day life, what we see. This was something that he made a mistake, but we go way beyond that. And every other time, person now thinks of something that becomes like a fact in his mind, and then he starts building one whole dungeon on that fact, that so-called fact. And what not happens, what kind of problems it creates, and difficulties and misery for people, all because we jump to conclusions. Therefore, one must be very careful, not jumping to conclusions about things. We're not sure about it. If there's a need for some caution, you take the caution, without jumping to conclusions. Caution is a different matter. Yes, the person should take his precautions, be on the safe side, but being on the safe side doesn't give a person the license to jump to conclusions. He may be on the safe side, adopt the precaution, but to pass judgment on somebody, there's no basis for that without the concrete evidence. Otherwise, a person could cause major damage and then later when it becomes clear that okay, this was now just a supposition, the damage is already done, now a person is regretting over it, but that regret is too late. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq to enable, to, to imbibe these lessons and to practice upon them. This is not just some theory, these are lessons for life, these are lessons for day-to-day life. The surah was discussed previously also, the purpose of repeating it is, these lessons it's for myself, for all of us, that we need to live them, not just know them, to live them, to live by these principles, to live by these rules, this is what will give us the peace, that happiness that we are so desirous of. Allah Ta'ala give us perfect.